This is a Reconstructionist Radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu. That's C-H-A-L-C-E-D-O-N dot E-D-U to download this book in PDF format or to purchase this book. The Cure of Souls, Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by Rusus John Rushduni. Copyright 2007, Mark R. Rushduni. Published by Calcedon Ross House Books. P.O. Box 158, Vallecito, California, 95251. All rights reserved. The Cure of Souls, Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by R.J. Rushdini. Chapter 2. False Confession. In the 20th century, Confession has receded in the churches and proliferated in society. This new and popular form of confession is, however, radically alien to the biblical doctrine and even dangerous to social order. After World War I, a very popular form of the new confessional was in public print. It was not merely in periodicals such as True Confessions, but also in the daily newspapers. Repentance took the form between World Wars I and II, of bearing one's soul to the press, and it was not surprising that women reporters adept at gaining and reporting such confessions were called sob sisters. The soap opera began its radio career, and after World War II, its television coverage, and millions indulged in the very public confessions of fictional sinners, and also their strong self-justifications for their sins. In this new form of the confessional, there was neither the privacy and the privileged character of the Roman Catholic confessional, nor was there the sanctity of a confession before Christ's congregation. In addition, there was no form of penance nor of restitution. Whereas in Christian teaching, confession was and is the first step towards penance, restitution and restoration, in this new and popular form, the act of confession was seen as itself constituting absolution. The verbal form replaced the act. This moral confusion has infiltrated the churches, clergy and laity and is emphatically heretical. Words have become more important than acts and can cancel acts. The confusion of words with acts is dealt with by Jesus in Matthew 21, 28-32. But what think you? A certain man had two sons and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whether of them twain did the will of his father? They say unto him, The first. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not, but the publicans and the harlots believed him. And ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward, that ye might believe him. The coming of John and then Jesus had been a challenge to the faith of all. The chief priests and elders who regarded themselves as God's elect refused to heed the call to repentance and obedience. Many harlots and publicans who had been wayward and disobedient, believed and became obedient to the Lord. 
the chief priests and elders regarded position and public profession as equivalent to true faith, whereas the repentance of the harlots and publicans resulted in new lives. Confession without repentance is no confession at all. Repentance means literally a reversal of direction, of life. It is a modern heresy to equate repentance with a verbal statement. This heresy is so prevalent that many demand a verbal confession long after a change of conduct is apparent. This is not to say that the verbal statement is unimportant, but rather that the contemporary emphasis is wrong. The most important form of false confession in the 20th century has been psychotherapy. Especially as, the result, as a result of the work of Sigmund Freud, 1856-1939, the confessional has been transferred from the church to the psychiatrist, the psychoanalyst and the psychologist. Freud recognised guilt as man's basic problem, although he did not believe that the cause of guilt is sin. For him, guilt was an inheritance in our unconscious from our primordial ancestors. As long as men faced the burden of guilt, men would turn to religion, Freud held. No amount of proof of the non-existence of God would be effective as long as guilty men saw their cure in religion. If, however, guilt were converted from a religious to a scientific problem, then men would look to science for what religion had previously supplied, absolution from guilt. This absolution would mean an understanding of the primitiveness of the sense of guilt and its unreality in terms of the present. The psychotherapeutic confessional thus led to an understanding in terms of this new philosophy, the process bypassed entirely the fact of sin to concentrate on the feeling of guilt. The purpose of understanding is to replace the feeling of guilt with a scientific perspective on the unreality of such a feeling, except as an inherited aspect of the unconscious mind. In this psychotherapeutic confessional, thus, the entire process is essentially the confession of guilt and then absolution by understanding its tenuous character. Sin is separated from guilt. It is not mentioned as the reason for guilt unless it means recognising the parasite, cannibalism and incest, in Freudian theory, of one's primitive forebears. Not only is the necessity of confessing sin avoided, but also the requirement of penance and restitution. As a result, there is no restoration or true healing. All this has very important consequences. Sin and guilt have, at the very least, a debilitating effect. They do lead to an inner slavery. As Jesus said to the religious leaders of his day, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant, or slave, of sin. From John 8.34 A society in which a false view of the confessional predominates is a society in bondage. There is still another important aspect to all this. The primary meaning of confession for Christianity, whether Roman Catholic or Protestant, is a confession of faith. It can mean the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the Westminster Confession of Faith and Catechisms, the Baltimore Catechism, and so on. According to St. Paul, quote, The world is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. End quote from Romans 10, 8-11. Confession is thus primarily the exuberant commitment to the faith in all our being by word, thought and deed. It is when we depart from this confession of faith that we make a confession of sins. There is a necessary relation between the two confessions. The confession of faith marks us as a member of the covenant of God in Christ. Because we damage our standing in that covenant by our sins, we confess them and make restitution in order to effect restoration. This restoration has a double aspect. First, there is restoration of our relationship to God through Christ. Second, there is a restoration of damaged order. If we have stolen $100, we restore $200, and this restitution can be up to fourfold or fivefold, depending upon the case, from Exodus 22, 1-31. The goal of confession is thus more than personal. It has reference to an order linking heaven and earth and man to man. Its purpose is community in terms of the law of the communion of the saints. False confession, however, is purely personal. Its goal is to feel better. More than a few who are unbelievers resort to confessions to a pastor or priest in order to get something off their chest. Such people exploit the confessional for psychological relief, and they need to be told that there is no valid confession of sins without penance or restitution, and acts of a restorative character. 20th century pseudo-confessionals have given too much people, too many people in the church and out of it a false view of the doctrine. The result has been an exploitation of the confessional for personal relief, not a God-centered awareness of the meaning of sin and restoration. Both the soap opera and the psychotherapeutic views of confessions have had a powerful influence on 20th century man. The doctrine of Christian confession has been warped and bypassed in favour of these prurient forms of the confessional. These false forms will not disappear without a strong re-emphasis on the biblical doctrine. This is the end of chapter 2. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.